all in all. Everyone's going to have to to step up just a little bit uh, and and make sure that that they do their job. And and that's easier said than done. Pierce Johnson did a nice job mm-hmm. on Friday, getting his first career save. Harold Castro stepped up, last guy to get that hit uh, on Thursday. But once everyone's back, once everyone's healthy, you kind of slot into this, you know, the places you should be. And you say, oh, Harold Castro, as a veteran guy off your bench, you know, to give guys uh, a little break here and there if need be. That's uh, that's obviously fantastic and, uh, and and just makes the roster a little bit deeper. Uh, we get a deep roster here of, of folks at the DNVR.com of, of people that are writing articles. They're on the podcast. They're doing whatever. Uh, and this is where we hang out here at the DNVR bar in the corner of Colfax in York, a place where diehards, you get 15% off your food and drink. So besides just all the exclusive content we're writing for you, uh, the diehards only discord where we're saying some things that we might not be able to say publicly or just kind of hint at, you know, we have fun there uh, in the diehards only discord uh, and the 20% off that you're getting on all of the gear at dnvrlocker.com uh, on all of the takeovers, all of the, um, the different tailgates that we got going on for the Broncos. Besides that, you get 15% off your food and drink when you hang out at the DNVR bar. It's amazing. We've got a tailgate coming up on April 29th against the Arizona Diamondbacks. The also first place NL West in the NL West, Arizona Diamondbacks. We have to talk about the other two first place in the NL West teams uh, as well today on, on the show, but Diamondbacks Rockies, uh, it'll actually be a, a pretty interesting one, and we'll see if the Rockies perhaps uh, utilize a little rope-a-dope with Corbin Carroll and say, we'll let you steal second and third, like, you know, the first two or three times you reach base, but then by the end of the game, you're going to be so tired that that's where we're going to take advantage. So that will be interesting to see. Uh, it's always interesting to see uh, the new lines over at DraftKings, uh, especially if you're using the app and you're using promo code DNVR because new customers, you place a $5 bet and you get $200 in bonus bets instantly when that bet wins. You got the NBA no sweat same game parlays where you can tie two, three, four things together and win even more money. Uh, you know, you can still bet on actually MVP and Ricky of the Year. So you get a little taste to see how everybody's starting out. You know, what position guys are are in in the, in the batting order, who's being set up for more success than others. Take advantage of that when you're betting on the Cy Young Award, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, all of those things. They are still in play. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR. New customers, you bet five. And when you win, you get 200 $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We got an 8-10 game tonight against the Dodgers, so I feel good getting this out of the way early. DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, Charlie Blackman to get a single in his first at-bat, plus 380. I mean, he's been doing that all the time. My only trepidation is, oh, crap, what if he hits a double? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he overperforms. Yeah, he could overperform, and I'll be kicking myself in that way, but it's just not, he's not going to be making an out. I know that. Yeah. I wish I could just do everything else. Give me the wheel, everything, but he's going to make an out. I'll take the field on that. But I think base hit against Michael Grove in his first at bat, that's plus 380. That's pretty good. That's that's four to one odds right there on your money. That's my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. I like it. I do like that one uh, a lot. Rockies have yet to play a game that has lasted three hours. 227 mm-hmm. was their game on Friday, and then Sunday, two hours, three minutes. That just flew by. That really flew by. Yeah. That was wild. Saturday's game felt long. Mm-hmm. When it was in the sixth inning, watching at home with my dad, we're enjoying the game, whatever. I'm like, oh, this game feels like it's dragging on. And then I actually looked at the clock, and I go, it hasn't even been two hours. What? Yeah. I'm, I'm off. I'm wrong. Why? 
What was my problem there? I don't know. Have you had it? Have you had that moment yet of this game feels long a little bit? So I think I was watching uh, Cincinnati Pittsburgh on opening day and I was getting the same vibes <laughs> where it's like it's been it's been a while and walks early create that. It just slows that the sensation pace a little bit. Yeah. And then that's kind of what Irania struggled with on Saturday. So, yeah, uh, but then you come to the realization and you're like, OK, so the pace is slowed down, but the time is actually not too terrible either. So even the long game is shorter. Yeah. That's true. Uh, we talked on Sunday's show about some of the Rockies around the league who have made their opening day roster. Uh, a couple that did. And I don't know if any of these names jump out at you as as uh, players that you thought maybe were going to crack the opening day roster. Some of them, most of them, as non roster invites. Alex Colome did not make the Nationals. Chris Owings, Pirates. Brian Shaw, White Sox. Tim Lopes of the Padres, although not truly a Rocky. He was a, he was an isotope, mm -hmm. but he was a guy that halfway through spring training, maybe even three quarters. It seemed like he was a lock for a roster spot that didn't happen. Jose Iglesias in Miami, he did, he's not even reporting to a minor league team right now. Uh, he's just with the organization, which is interesting. Yeah. Jeff Hoffman did not make Cincinnati. Charlie Culberson did not make Tampa, but uh, Hoffman signed a minor league deal with the Phillies, and Culberson signed a minor league deal with Atlanta. Culberson's a little surprising. Yeah. Uh, just because he's kind of got like the position player Jamie Wright to him. Where he's like, sure. oh, he's, he's going to do the the revolving one year deal with a new organization and just crack the roster because he's he's good enough for that uh, utility infield spot. So that was probably the most surprising. Yeah, that feels right. Uh, last week, the Rockies announced a lot more of their 30th anniversary celebration. We had talked about it on the show. A lot of 30th anniversary giveaways that are really fun. There's there's a trucker hat. There's a baseball card set, 30th anniversary baseball card set, which is pretty neat. I think Sunday might be the 30th anniversary pennant mm -hmm. coming up this weekend, which uh, is a lot of fun. A 30th anniversary Todd Helton jersey, and that's the game Todd Helton's going to actually be there. I don't know if you saw the list of players, but uh, of the legends that should be coming mm -hmm. back. Uh, have any of the, uh, the names gotten you excited yet? Besides the fact that you might actually be in the press box for that, and you might have a chance to kind of rub elbows with them, but just either for yourself or for the fans to go, isn't it nice to just see this guy back in the ballpark where he belongs and where he probably should have been a couple times in the last four or five years? I mean, this is this is the cool part about Rocky's history is you'll have some acknowledgement of some actually really influential figures in, yes. in the course of the franchise. So um, without kind of having the list off the top of my head, obviously, anytime you have Todd Helton in the ballpark, the atmosphere just changes. That's Mr. Rocky Yeah. at the end of the day. And the same thing applies with Walker, which Walker always seems to kind of just do a drop in. Like it's just an unexpected all of a sudden, oh, that, that's Larry Walker. <laughs> I didn't realize Larry Walker was going to be hanging out today, but you know, uh, Dante Vinny's around all the time. Sure. So, I mean, Vinny's a little different, but to, to be able to sit back and appreciate some of the, some of the biggest figures and the biggest icons that make the Rockies, you know, a historic franchise in some respects. Yeah. Anytime you get to see him around, that's huge. Big cat. I'm hoping big cat. He was not on the list. I know. I'm hoping big cat. He doesn't even talk to his own friends. Like, yeah, he is interesting. He is interesting. It's not that he's not in the game, though. That's the thing. He, he's not completely sheltered because he's done quite a bit of coaching um, over time. So, oh, maybe he'll come back. That, that's another one that would be cool to see back. That's a weird one where if he comes out, if you know, you're like, this is huge. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't, you're like, well, that's cool. I mean, I'm still more excited for Helton or Walker. Sure. And you're like, okay, I get that. But also, no one has like seen this guy in, in a while, which, yeah. uh, which is interesting. So... Yeah, all, all those names will be super exciting to get back. Have you thought about who might throw out the first pitch this year? They haven't announced it. Are they going to go big with a 30th anniversary first pitch? Will it be Helton, Vinny, Clinton Hurdle, 
you know, Walker will come out or like just Todd Helton. Last year it was Russell Wilson, so Deion Sanders, I guess, is in <laughs> yeah. line. I honestly wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if I saw a primetime go out there and throw a, a first that. pitch. Um, <laughs> no, I think it would be cool if you got like Jeffy Franchise out there. Mm. Francis would be would be a good under the radar pick. I think the easy answer is Hilton. Again, it comes yeah. back to the Mr. Rocky side. And that's of it. fine. That's still great. Yeah. That's still great. I want, ooh, Ubaldo could go out there. I could see Ubaldo putting 87 pretty easy. He's another on one of the names pitch. that's going to be back at some point. Yeah. Uh, Jason Jennings, Aaron Cook from the pitchers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I saw Jeff Francis. Now I'm second guessing myself. I hope I did. Yeah. I, now I'm, I'm thinking maybe I did see that name on the list. Uh, I didn't jot it down just now. Jorge De La Rosa is coming back. That will be really cool. Most underrated pitcher in franchise history, honestly. Very true. Yeah. Best and most underrated simultaneously, yeah. uh, along with Steve Reed. Let's give him some love, too, <laughs> as far as relievers. Bring him back as yeah. well. Brian Fuentes, now I'm thinking maybe he was also on that list. The T-Rex. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, and all the Blake Street Bombers except Big Cat. So there's going to be, that's the big one on, on September 16th that they're going to have the big 30th anniversary mm-hmm. celebration. Not actually the final series of the year. The final series of the year would be against, of course, none other than the Minnesota Twins, as you do, yeah. as, as you finish up your 162-game slate against the <laughs> American League Central team uh, of the Twins. But September 16th, it'll be Bichette, Walker. Helton hasn't been announced yet, but maybe he'll also pop up. And Ellis Burks. Yeah. That's a when cool When was the last one. time you saw Ellis Burks? Long time. Yeah. It was a That'll very important cool. figure. I mean, when you talk about the upper echelon of center fielders in Rockies history, Ellis Burks is very deep into that conversation. Yeah. Right near the top of that list. So uh, it's one of the big guys that made the, the Bombers what they were. Yeah, that's that's just, it's so exciting for, for all of those players, coaches, now special assistants, to be coming back just to see them at the ballpark and... Um, I'm not going to say anybody takes it for granted because we, we don't see that. We might take Vinny for for granted because, mm-hmm. like you said, he's around the ballpark. Um, Ryan Spielborgs, Corey Sullivan, like those are those are former Rockies guys. Whenever I see that, it's still like, oh, let me, I've got something for them, or let me ask their expertise on something, and you get that. Um, but but these guys who just never come back, that's great that the the Rockies are bringing them back and. Uh, it'll be exciting to see, you know, the fan sentiment and, and hopefully fans will maybe even get to interact if there'll be some kind of, I don't want to say a VIP thing that you got to pay extra for, but maybe they'll be on the concourse signing for like an hour a piece. Mm-hmm. That would be really nice and really special for the fans. Yeah, no, I think that uh, this is the whole point of the 30th anniversary is to to yeah. to put some faces to some names that people might not you know recognize. It, when we're talking about like the season ticket holder since 1993, you talk about Galarraga being a big deal. Yeah. In that context, because they remember Andres Galarraga being the first, you know, predominant hitter, basically for the Rockies literally Rangers. the first guy that they signed before the the expansion yeah. draft, literally number one. Yeah, so I mean that that's a very historic piece. But then I don't know, the Rockies have one Rookie of the Year in the history of their franchise, and there's probably a lot of Rockies fans who never watched Jason Jennings pitch. And and how many people would even guess that it was a pitcher? Yeah. That's another thing. You know, take a guess. What position? All right. Well, obviously not pitcher. Um, wrong. No, it, it <laughs> no. was a pitcher. Yeah. And and so like just for for the exposure that this can bring, um, because you, you know the Blake Street Bombers off the top of your head, but being able to get to see some of the other guys that that are lost in the shuffle after you know the big Helton and, and Walker years. It's cool in that respect. It's very cool. And so hopefully just a little bit of interaction or at least just the acknowledgement of their you know importance and, and providing some context, that's what it's all about. It's interesting that you bring up season ticket holders because really the 30th anniversary celebration is for the season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. If you are a transplant and you just moved to town, 
again, you may have heard of some of these guys. Obviously, you've heard of Helton Walker. Yeah. Um, but you may have heard of Jorge De La Rosa. You're like, yeah, they, they talk about him with all this reverence and stuff, but I, I don't know who he is. I don't care. Uh, Els Burks, again, I, I, I don't even know that I've heard of that, yeah. that player because he's always the last one that gets mentioned because he, he really spent the least amount of time in mm-hmm. Colorado. But if you are a season ticket holder since 1993, those were the guys that kept you coming to the ballpark each and every day and, and holding on to those tickets uh, for the Dodgers or, or against the Giants, whatever it may be. So it's really to, I, I think, in a way, besides just doing proper diligence and saying, hey, it's our 30th anniversary. Let's celebrate you know, the history of the team. And we've had some really great players. But also, hey, season ticket holders, please please come back a little bit. We know you've kind of yeah. slowly started to step away uh, since the trade of Nolan Arenado, and then you let Story and John Gray go. This is a way to say, just come back for maybe one more year. We'll figure it out in 2024. Rockies do that a lot. We'll, we'll figure it out yeah. later, which is you know only a year from now. Uh, but this game plan for maybe kind of cultivating that 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 culture of hey the Rockies do have a fair history so come back season ticket holders I, I think it could have some punch yeah there's a lot of member berries that they're trying to serve <laughs> yeah um, but I, so one of the one of the underrated aspects of this are not only are we talking about you know some of the fans that might not be familiar with with some of these former players some of the current players are oh, yeah. gonna be familiar with the former players and so it's always cool when you kind of hear um, you know Matt Williams is the manager of the Nationals, and people look at his card that are on his roster. They're like, "Oh man, Matt Williams right? could play." And so now you get to come out there, and maybe somebody who never, you know, Ellis Burks was long gone by the time that they started really getting appreciative of baseball. And they're like, "Whoa, Ellis Burks was a dude." Almost you know, forty forty in yeah. center field. Yeah, yeah. And for a couple of different franchises, and so it, it, it's cool to provide that context because they're playing the same game at the end of the day. Yeah, there's been some changes and some differences to how the rules are, but. These are good ball players, and to have current ba- uh, ball players be able to appreciate, you know, some of the guys that came before them—that's another underrated aspect of it. But it, you know, for the fan experience, yeah, a lot of a lot of member berries. And maybe it provides a little boost for some of those like middling players that are like, well, I'm never going to be Todd Helton. Okay, fine, N- mm-hmm. not many players are, um, but maybe I can have a really solid Hall of Very Good career like Ellsberg's, or even less than that, right? Because uh, even being in the Hall of Very Good is very, very difficult. Oh, yeah. But to even just kind of put together a couple of really good seasons and to be remembered fondly is important. And if your franchise that you play for isn't remembering those kind of middle-tier players fondly, you go, well, now no one's going to remember me. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, wait, people are remembering these kind of players and celebrating them. Maybe that'll happen for me. Okay, you know what? That's a little boost maybe that I needed today uh, for this series or, or or whatever it is for the first half just to say, all right, grind it out because people are going to remember this game lives on. It's like, what it was, Joe DiMaggio? I don't know. Ted Williams said, you know, there's a kid that's out there that's never seen me play before. Yeah. So I got to give my 100%. So, yeah. um, and, and most of the Rockies do that anyway, but to get that that low energy day, you know, that's that's a, a serious boost. In fact, uh, the boost that you can give uh, yourself and your family uh, all throughout the summer is free tickets to American Raptors. Head over to AmericanRaptors.com. They are a top flight rugby team right here in our backyard. Infinity Park is a spot that you're going to get those tickets. Head over to AmericanRaptors.com. Even if you don't know a ton about rugby, that's okay. Colton Strickler uh, is going to have you. Uh, he's going to have you up to date and informed a little bit with these instructional, you know, rugby podcasts. So you can learn a little bit more about the sport. And even if you don't know, that's okay. Cause you're going to learn probably about the same rate as the players on the field. Yes, seriously. Not a ton of people actually grow up playing rugby. So the folks that represent the American Raptors, they are former pro baseball players, football players, basketball. Uh, they are athletes, 
but they don't know rugby just yet. And that's part of what they're doing and what they're learning over with the American Raptors. So head to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free tickets for the upcoming season or stream their games on the website. Now, Legal Pete's, that's where I'm going for lunch right after this. Delicious. Uh, they're all over the place in, in Colorado. Keep them in mind because it's graduation, graduation season. And I know, Kenneth, that uh, your coach over there uh, at Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm. High School. So I know your guys are, are, are big Legal Pete's. You know, I, I, if, oh, yeah. if, if they have a good game, is there always like ice pops, orange <laughs> slices, and illegal Pete's after every game? Is that is that what you have going on or not just yet? No, no. We, we actually kind of uh, provide the donuts in-game a little bit. That's more of the tradition that we have going on. But then the post-game celebration, <laughs> we really should be incorporating a little bit more illegal Pete's than I, we do. You're not kidding with this donut thing. What? No. I can tell. What What is that? What, tell me. What, oh, how, do you, how do you earn a donut mid-game? No, I mean, it's just it's that morale boost. Everybody, you know, <laughs> gets their energy up and going by, you know, getting that sugar uh, fix going, especially on weekend games. Does everybody get it? Or is it like you make a good play, you get a Buckeye on your helmet, like you play for <laughs> yeah. Ohio State. We you're just like, slap I got a, donut a donut on their head. No, um, we, uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's like we bring two dozen. Get them up. Get them rolling. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. now, now you need to maybe reconsider Illegal Pete's uh, having some of that. They do catering. They can provide a, a spread that leaves uh, your family proud for the graduation celebration or the home run celebration uh, if you should be so lucky uh, with your team's offense. Great ingredients, customizable options. It's a perfect way to treat all your guests to a culinary event they're never going to forget. Congratulations, graduates. You did it. Now you need to do it for the graduate and go to Illegal Pete's your go-to spots for burritos beers, and buddies, and then maybe baseball, too. Mm-hmm. We'll see about that. NL West, let's, uh, let's look around the, uh, the division just a little bit. Juan Soto has not looked great still. As a Padre. Are you concerned? And again, you're not concerned like, oh, yeah, this guy's done. Mm-hmm. But are you concerned like something's going on, and you know, he's still young enough to figure it out? And again, I'm not, it probably already sounds like I'm so far down. It's just puzzling that he hasn't, hasn't clicked in just yet, even after four games. It's small sample size, but I'm I'm surprised. I'm still surprised. Yeah, I think the Padres. I mean, they definitely paid the price for the superstar hitter, and he just kind of hasn't been that. I think the thing that always sticks out to me is his time in Washington. He was the man. I mean, you had Anthony Rendon, um, that was a good hitter, but I mean, the the injuries have been have really kind of derailed his career. Uh, and Harper, essentially, Soto was the replacement for Harper. Right. Um, having the lineup centered around him in Washington in more of a, a lower expectation environment than what's been going on in San Diego has just seemed to change him a little bit as a hitter, a little bit of pressing. And I think maybe Petco just also isn't his yard. Yeah, you maybe. Know, that, that might be a feeling with it. So it's hard to put your thumb on exactly what it is with Juan Soto, but it's not quite the same Juan Soto that you saw just destroying the world with Washington. San Diego was popping off. Petco Park, they had over 174,000. It was actually the most for a four-game series mm-hmm. in that stadium's history. And it was for the Rockies. It's Everybody wanted to see Jerks and Profar come back. <laughs> and every day you had to show up and go, is he here yet? I don't know. So that's not why. But, uh, you know, 43,000 or something like that for each and every game. Dodgers, uh, do we have to worry about Trace Thompson now? Man, that's just that that voodoo magic that they're able to Amazing. sprinkle on guys. So I think, uh, you know, I think it's a comfortable situation for for Thompson because he had some mild success in his first stint with them. Um, right. 
I worry about the Dodgers more than I worry. I worry about whatever the Dodgers are doing to any guy on any given night than I worry about the specific player of Trace Thompson. So um, I think Will Smith is is looking like he's going to have maybe the best catcher in baseball kind of season right now, and that's saying something. I f- well, I feel like he's like been there. He's like been on the cusp. He's only had one All Star appearance yeah. again. Twenty twenty, there was no All Star game, but it seems like he's kind of been up there as one of the guys and totally you know, being on world baseball classic it's finally getting recognized and you look at his numbers and they don't jump off the page he's also a catcher yeah that's part of it and then you compare him to the other catchers and go damn actually he's really good so he's been good but i think yeah. he, could just, he could just have a clear yeah yeah bar between him and then like rushman and real muto in terms yeah. of production at the plate so he, he's kind of pacing himself for that this season and then dustin may look good again like, Wicked. you know, that's that's one of the scary part about the Dodgers is they're talking about, okay, so now they need these young guys to step up. They kind of have already been doing that a little bit, with especially on the pitching side over the last few years. And May just went down with Tommy John, and now he's back. And, man, that stuff is nasty. The Dodgers are so deep, and they are so adept at utilizing analytics and really, I think, seeing the future in mm-hmm. a way, or at least laying it out, all the different options that every year they've got someone that goes out for Tommy John surgery, and then every year they've got somebody coming back. And so it's like they've got a three-starting pitcher rotation where they're going to have two of the three guys that are out with Tommy John, so it never really impacts them that much. Trace Thompson with the three home runs, eight RBI. Since he came over from Detroit last year, just just totally cast off as cash considerations, he was acquired in a trade. 13 homers at the end of last year, 901 OPS in 74 games. I think since then... He has, uh, he's like third in MLB in OPS with only Aaron Judge and uh, and Mike Trout better yeah. than him. Like, that's how good he's been. So we got to worry about him. I don't know if he's going to stay in that same conversation the entire time. But right now, I mean, he is, he is scorching hot. Um, he is. You know, somebody that a very under-the-radar acquisition for the Dodgers that I think is a very savvy and, and good move for them, David Peralta. Sure. You spent a lot of time watching him with the Diamondbacks. That's a professional hitter, and that's somebody that I think the Dodgers can can turn around and be, you know, kind of that same caliber of scary. He would have been a better and cheaper fit. Maybe not better, but a cheaper fit for the Rockies. Yeah. And he was like the one of the last guys that was left out there, I thought. They wanted right, left-handed hitters. Get a veteran, yeah. you know, that, that can do that thing. Miguel Vargas has walked eight times in, in four games. He's still not swinging the bat, apparently. Uh, Giants, uh, they're one and two. They had to go to New York. They had the uh, brother-in-laws against each other, Brendan Crawford and Garrett Cole. San Francisco, Rockies do not play San Francisco until June 6th. Jeez. Thank you, balanced schedule. Yeah. That's that's weird. I, I noticed that. I'm like, you know, as the season goes on, like you just memorize different pockets of the schedule and different things. And mm-hmm. I go, I don't know when they play the Giants. June 6th. Yeah. That's a while. Diamondbacks uh, were outscored this weekend 20 to 7 against the Dodgers, yet still won two of those games. They walked 23 Dodgers hitters. Dodgers pitchers Oof. only walked one Diamondback. That is wild. I mean, that just goes to show the level of experience, I think, between the two. Diamondbacks yeah. are, are kind of that trendy pick right now for, you know, could challenge for a wild card spot from, from a lot of different people. It's a very, very young roster they're going to be leaning upon, and also a very not good Madison Bumgarner. So Oof. they kind of, they're going to have some learning um, pains that they're going to have to go through. I think they sent him back to Arizona for, uh, for some tests. I don't know if, if I think he might be having some kind of soreness. Yeah. Uh, that happened, uh, I believe, on, on Sunday at he's, some he's point. He's going on so. year four of dead arm. 
Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, we had noticed that stolen bases are up. They have been 70 through this point in the season double of last year. Uh, you may have seen uh, Mike Petriello, uh, who mm-hmm. does a lot of writing for MLB.com, looks at all the baseball savant stuff. The Rockies are in sprint speed, are like 24th or 25th in MLB. Eh. What's the stolen base threat aside from Tovar, like in terms of double digit for the season? I mean, McMahon isn't necessarily a threat, but he's McMahon he and Profar. Like that's you know the stolen base side is really going to explode when Zach Veen comes because that's yeah. one of the things that is a very special tool of his. Uh, but right now, I mean, they might be able to take advantage of the you know the new rules a little bit and, and you know massage some more stolen bases out of it. But right now, Tovar's kind of feeling like the only big speed threat on the roster. If uh, if I gave you Zach Veen. Or the field, your choice. Who ha- has the most stolen bases for the Rockies this year? Would you take Zach Veen? Oh, for the Rockies? Yeah. Uh, no, I would take the field. You would? Okay. I don't I think, think Veen will be up long enough. Okay. If, where where if, do you think he'll be in the top top five or top ten? Uh, I'll, I could see him being fourth. Wow. All right. So three guys are going to have more stolen bases than I, Zach Veen. Dude, so if he comes up and he plays for we a month know. and a half. We don't know. You're right. Plays for a month and a half and swipes eight bags. That yeah. could put him immediately in the top two. But that feels like the worst case scenario, doesn't it? It does. Like he'll be up sooner than that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's, there's a lot that he has to prove right now in double A. There's a reason why he's repeating that level, even though yeah. he had a strong AFL. So you need to allow him the time. You can't you can't rush Veen in there. Um, so, hey, maybe it does all click and we see him, you know, in July. But I think the the safer bet right now is kind of wait until August, maybe into September. We're going to see him this year, barring injury. Should. But he has to kind of show that, okay, he has nothing left to prove in, in double A and, and make his way up. Kind of similar to how Tolia was last year. Um, I think that's a similar trajectory that, that he could be on this year. As you say, Veen's going to start with double A. So will Drew Romo warming Bernabel? The uh, Hartford Yargoats roster did come out this morning. Julio Carreras, Hunter Goodman, Grant Levine, uh, the pitchers, lefty Joe Rock, Chris McMahon, and Case Williams kind of headlining that group in AA. For anyone that is, you know, really a hardcore and, and looking at these prospects, you might look at the top 30, and there's guys in the in the 20s that you can look at and still say, ah, I think this guy is a little bit better than the credit, you know, some of the prospect prognosticators are are giving them. Is there anybody that's, you know, 20 beyond that or or just a guy that that could make something of himself? Like, again, Blair Calvo is a player who's yet to debut for the Rockies, but he's on the 40-man roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, had a really good 2021 with Hartford, had a really solid 2022 with the Albuquerque Isotopes. And so you go, hey, maybe you've got something. You might not have the next Justin Lawrence, but you may have something there. Is there anybody whose name... Uh, in, the, in the middle half uh, or the middle third of the roster for the Hartford Yargoats that you go, keep an eye on this guy because he could make some noise. He could make a 40-man roster down the line. We could see him debut, if not at the end of this year, at some point in 2024 or 2025. Yeah. Um, to, to start, Chris McMahon had a complete loss year yeah. last season, so it's kind of easy to forget about him just because all the excitement about Gabriel Hughes, Jaden Hill, Jordy Vargas debuting, yeah. uh, Case Williams taking a big step forward. Um, McMahon's back, and he was going to be assigned to A in the first place, and he was somebody that was kind of on the fastest trajectory of any pitching prospect we had heading into last season. So um, I think that that's somebody that can really right the ship and be right back on pace 
for one of the next starting pitchers for the big league team. Um, I think a very under the radar one because we look Hunter Goodman. I mean, was he mashed? He was great. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with him defensively because there's catching, there's first base. You also have Drew Romo and Grant Levine in those positions right now. Outfield is a little bit thinner when it talks about Hartford. So I think Hunter Goodman is going to get a lot of time in the outfield. Uh, But somebody that's kind of cut from the same cloth is Colin Simpson. Mm. Colin Simpson mashed last year for Spokane, and he was a bit of a a, a folk hero uh, for that team. He didn't quite get the notoriety that Hunter uh, Goodman does, and you know Hunter Goodman deserves it because he's the all-time leader, I believe, in Louisville um, history in home runs. So the dude's accomplished. But Colin Simpson is somebody that could hit his way into a big league job at some point. So he's a good kind of under-the-radar pick um, to to watch. Yeah, Simpson, he may have even been MVP. If not, mm-hmm. he definitely was an all-star in 2019, uh, last year of the Grand Junction Rockies there, a uh, short season. So he's he's long been just one of those guys that, you know, is is uh, a middle-round draft pick, you know, kind of not highly tapped. Look, you you can get a lot of value in in, in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, all, all of that, but those guys just don't come with that same hype. He was so, the 29th round. Yeah. So he was late, he was late, late. But yeah, I mean, so he hits. Dude just hits, and you need that's the most important tool when it comes to position players. Yeah, he's good. Blake Goldsberry is another interesting arm. Uh, Colorado kid uh, was uh, one of the few that the Rockies actually ended up signing out of 2020 out of college. You only had five rounds on that one. So. Uh, that was good. Kristen in the chat enjoys uh, how you had to think about uh, Louisville, yeah. which is a thing that only people from Colorado have to deal with. Louisville. Because we've got a town here called Louisville. Louisville. And so I still have to go, uh, is it? Yeah, okay. So yes, the University of Louisville or the University of Memphis, where Hunter Goodman was from. Ah, is Drew Romo still in Connecticut? Yes, Logan, he is. Uh, he he will be uh, starting the year there there in Hartford. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was good to see that they didn't make him kind of repeat high A. And no, it wasn't his fault so much. And again, it's the defense that's the thing for for catchers. Whatever you get offensively is great, but defensively uh, is where it needs to be. And you want Roma to be with the same class of starting pitchers as well. Yeah, I mean, he he showed he didn't have a ton to prove especially with the first half in high A. Um, you have to look and, and cut that season in half because there was fully healthy Drew Romo and then there was broken hand Drew Romo. Oh, yeah. And so he was really relegated to just D, uh, DH responsibilities. Um, but that also goes to show just how much faith and how much he's already proven defensively that you're not worried about being able to put him up in double A. He'll be fine. It's just a question of, is the bat there? And what you saw in the first half of last season with Spokane showed, yeah, the bat's still there. So I think I think it's a good promotion. I think it's a healthy promotion. And I think as long as he's healthy, he'll continue to keep on moving forward. I think the comparisons between Romo and Crone are kind of apt. And so I right, Crone got off to his hot start, got had the hand injury, you know, wasn't himself in the second half. You hope the same is going to be true for Drew Romo. And we still have to wait until Thursday. That was such a tease that Triple A got started. Nolan Jones looked yeah. great. Three home runs uh through the first three games, had two home runs. Uh, on opening night, as they call it there, uh, on Friday night, first time I think anyone had ever homered for the Isotopes in the month of March. That was the earliest because minor leagues don't start in March, mm-hmm. except this year they do. And that's fine. That's good. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, they have just a bit longer of a schedule than every other full season affiliate. So the way I described True. it in my recent column was it was a soft open for the minor league season. Uh, because basically just AAA got started a week before everybody else, and now they're also going to roll out three-game series for uh, AA, high A, and low A. Um, that Bretton Doyle home run, mm. oof, that ball was smashed. Uh, but six different uh, isotopes hitters ended up going deep. 
Um, Aaron Chunk made his AAA debut. Nice. You know, he's somebody that's been kind of a favorite. He's uh, a sleeper. For the yeah. organization. So seeing him get promoted to AAA, he's kind of put himself on that cusp of being a big leaguer here um, and one of those um, depth pieces. So took two out of three from Round Rock. You know, the starting pitching, it wasn't the best, you know, performances from Davis and Kaufman, but uh, the hitting showed very well, especially for some important younger players like Jones, Brenton Doyle, Shunk. There were some good showings and some good early signs from the isotopes. Pierre Lambert, yeah, just okay. Yeah. But again, he's Lambert, just Davis, build the and, and Kaufman. Sure. You know, that was a lot of just okays with it. Chris Well had, you know, a, a pretty strong outing out of the, the bullpen. So some good signs. Um, but I think it, it, it signifies the strength of the minor league system where a lot of it is position player heavy. And I think the isotopes kind of show that. Shunk is not a shortstop. Uh, I, don't third. Think he, I don't think he's played at all, uh, but he's a second and third base guy, mm-hmm. whereas Coco Montez is second, third, and also has shortstop in the bag. So that probably gives him an edge. But as you said, talking about uh, organizational darlings, Shunk is more of a darling than Coco Montez, even though Coco Montez has you know, put up the results and the numbers a little bit more so. Do you think Shunk would get the opportunity? Let's say we're going to go August 1st. Someone goes down. They need one of those utility infielder types. Do you think Shunk will overpass Coco Montez? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, especially because they're on uh, equal footing of not being 40-man guys. Right. Um, I think it really comes down to specifically shortstop being a problem. If you are down Tovar and Trejo, you kind of have to go Montez. Yeah. I mean, well, or there's Harold Castro at shortstop, but we don't need to go there. We don't. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if it's a specific need at shortstop, I think, yes, Montez. Um, Montez has to has to get the nod. If it's, you know, all things equal and we're just looking for that second base, third base, backup Trejo, eh, probably Shunk. But it depends on how they're performing, too. Do you like this rollout of the minor leagues where, you know, it's kind of staggered with AAA and then you get the minors? Or do you think it can still be improved more. I think now with Major League Baseball taking over minor league baseball uh, and, and having full control over it, they can do a better job of packaging that minor league product and say, in, in future seasons, hopefully, Thursday is an opening night for the minor leagues. None of the major league teams are playing. Or maybe you have one marquee game, something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe it's a day game. You figure it out, but you put the minor leagues in more of a spotlight or is it just that it's too early in the season to really afford to kind of have Major League Baseball fans like look away just a little bit? Uh, I think they're doing better at promoting the minor league product. And, and you know, when you look at MLB TV and including um, MILB TV this year, and they're doing a better job of being able to promote it. I think it's just slightly scattered on the opening um, with with AAA beginning, and then also a bit of a. a an array of starting dates between the next three levels. Yeah. Um, they're keeping the same schedule though. And there's not nearly the same gap from camp ending big league season starting to minor league season right. starting. So they've really condensed that period. So um, I think they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. There can be some, some polishing that comes into it, but overall I think they're on a much better pace of getting ML, uh, MILB out there for the baseball fan. Kenneth, you're doing a wonderful job and you need minimal polish as well. Mm. Just, it's just the fastball, the, the, the command. It's just the location a little bit. I'll let folks know uh, where, where they can check you out. And, uh, and I know Monday's your, your day mm-hmm. for, for dropping some articles. So let folks know uh, what that's about. Yep. So uh, Monday, Rock Piles and also Pebble Report. Um, just had it published. Kind of just some big takeaways from the opening series. And then uh, also have the you know coverage of the isotopes. Um, so that's over at Purple Row. You can find me there every Monday. I'm also doing the Rocky Mountain Rooftop podcast with Evan nice. Lang, Skylar Timmons, and Mario DeGens. 
Um, Delgado, sorry. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you can find me on Twitter at KDUB, KDUB1988. Fantastic. We are at DNVR underscore Rockies. At Patrick D. Lyons is where I can be found on Twitter. And do you know anything about the MILB uh, TV package? We're, we're getting that real quick yeah. in the chat. How, how do you access that? Yeah, I saw that, Mark. So um, it's it's a little more funky. The easiest way to do it is to go to MILB.TV and then just create an account that way, and it should be able to sync up with your MLB account. Um, so that way you can just kind of plug it in from there. But they'll always have the promotion when you're on the platform on, you know, Smart TV or whatever it is. Might just be that, that big game of the week, but um, it should sync up once you create an MILB.TV account. Kenneth Weber, the IT guy. Uh, that's it. Thank yeah, you. Trying. Appreciate that. Appreciate you uh, all, all doing this and joining us. Uh, we built some momentum for the week, but unfortunately, as we say in baseball and podcasting, momentum, it's only as good as your next show. So we will talk to you tomorrow at 11 a.m. on the DNVR Sports Channel here on YouTube.